KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For more than 15 years, Pixar's made great movies in the joyous spirit of Buzz Lightyear's motto to infinity and beyond. But Cars 2 barely gets beyond mediocrity. There's no mystery in the studio's sudden swerve. Since the first Cars came out in 2006, the movie has sold $10 billion worth of cute little cars, trucks, and other vehicles that keep rolling off the toy maker's assembly lines in epic numbers. To sustain such financial numbers and to pave the way for next summer's opening of a 12-acre Cars land in Anaheim, Pixar and its relatively new owner, Disney, needed a hard-sell crowd-pleaser with exactly the sort of high-octane action and high-decibel soundtrack that makes Cars 2 so familiar and mediocre. This is something new for Pixar, a movie in which characterization and deep feeling take a back seat to breakneck pace. And it's something new for Pixar lovers, including me, who may find themselves wondering if Disney's master merchandisers are starting to call the tune for Pixar's master storytellers. The story here centers on Lightning McQueen, the bright red race car voiced by Owen Wilson, and Tomater, the buck-toothed, good-hearted tow truck who speaks in the corn-pone tones of Larry the Cable Guy. The two buddies take their leave of Radiator Springs, the desert town that time forgot, and they head for Europe, where Lightning enters the first of several competitions in the World Grand Prix, and Mater is mistaken for a spy. The repetitive race sequences are intercut with a James Bond spoof that starts the action in a preface that's elaborate but ominously clumsy. From one moment to the next, Cars 2 comes up with plenty of visual zingers, a plunge into the giant clockworks of London's Big Bentley, a Japanese toilet designed to pamper any chassis, exotic cars and exotic lemons like the Pacer, the Gremlin, and what the movie calls the Hugo. And the story evokes an affecting friendship between Lightning and Mater, one that's tested by driving ambition and a deadly bomb. Still, this is a Pixar animated feature we're talking about, a film from the people who brought genuine enchantment into our lives with tales of toys come alive, of beguiling bugs, fantastical fishies, impassioned robots, and self-reflective superheroes. What's more, it's a film co-directed by John Lasseter, the man who, more than anyone else, has embodied the studio's spirit. From the days when he used a computer to create a pioneering Pixar short about a couple of desk lamps. Lasseter's father was a parts department manager in a Chevy dealership in Orange County, and by now it's a commonplace that he made the first cars out of profound car love. That film suffered from an odd mixture of tedium and frenzy, but it still operated within recognizable Pixar parameters. In this one, cars seem unconstrained by the laws of physics, and writers seem unconcerned with developing character. For Pixar's sake and for ours, let's hope that the fast track of Cars 2 is a temporary detour. I'm Joe Morgenstern. I'll be back on KCRW soon with more reviews. KCRW sponsors include Make It Universal and Rotten Tomatoes, presenting Scene on the Screen with Jacqueline Coley, a new podcast about the people at NBC Universal and the movies that define them. Available wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.